This week's episode is with Cleveland singer-songwriter Hannah Stack. I first heard her play at the McFarland Manor House Show on the West Side, and she lived up to the high praise I'd been hearing from my wife, Deb. She was one of the first artists I booked for the revival of my carnival last August, and I just loved her banter and stories between songs, and was really glad to have this opportunity to get to have her elaborate a bit more on some of those stories. So this summer, Hannah released her first EP, Retrograde, which you can find on Spotify. Hannah can be found playing or hosting events all over the city. Be sure to keep an eye on her Facebook page so you can catch one of her upcoming Sounds and Stories showcases featuring other great local musicians. Live on the Beasy Deasy stage with Hannah Stack. Hi, thanks Hello. for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, you see, so your guest number—I don't know what order I'll get these released out in—but you're the you're the second person I've interviewed on this stage. Awesome. And we got you to sign the stage, right? Yeah, we, I did. yeah. We yeah, you're the one where we, we were like, oh, I signed it first. Yeah. <laughs> so we got it, and then we forgot Ray last week, but whatever. Yeah, it's just Ray. <laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> just kidding. I want him back. <laughs> Um, so you're from Cleveland, right? Correct. Yeah. Where were you, or do you live? Like, um, I was, I was raised in Parma, Ohio. Um, and then, you know, kind of also we, we moved to North Royalton, Ohio when I was pretty young and grew up there for the most part. And where are you at now? Where's your stomping grounds? Lakewood. Okay. Yeah. So I went away to college. I went to Bowling Green, um, in North west ohio <laughs> up by toledo um and then yeah i came back to cleveland after that lived in ohio city lived in lakewood shortly after and been there ever since so and how uh how old were you when you first started playing music and in, in 22 really yeah was it something that uh you'd thought about for a while or what was yeah, the circumstance so, that brought you to first start and yeah my parents um well my dad and like his brothers and a lot of my family members always played and it was kind of like, you know, guitars were on the fire, like every um, family party um, for a while. And if not that, then just like, hey, let me show you this guitar I got in another room, like before or after dinner. Um, so it was always a huge part of my life. Um, I remember taking like my dad's guitar when I was a little kid and like just pretending. Um, and so it was something that I was always around, but I guess I was like growing up and doing so many sports and doing so many activities and not doing music. I mean, it was just never something that really like happened. Um, but I've always written poetry. I've always written kind of thought I was writing songs from a young age. So, um, when I was a little bit older, I've had conversations with my dad where I'm like, dad, I'm going to learn how to play guitar one day. Like I'm going to have to, like, I felt like, you know, I'm a part of this family. I don't really fit in. <laughs> um, I guess with my extended family, like my mom and my brother don't play, but, um, so 
it came to a point where I went away to college and I had this internship in California and I came back and I had almost graduated early from school. So I had one semester to finish and I came back like a month late. I had one class that I had to go to because everything was online. I'd been doing it from California. So I, um, I went out to my one class nerd that I was like in school and I was so excited and I get there and nobody's there. So I sit there for like 20 minutes until I march down to the teacher's office and I'm like, you know, are you my professor? And he was like, are you Hannah Stackledge? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, it's an independent study. And I was like, what am I going to do all semester? <laughs> so I went home on spring break, being that I was just in California, and I was like, Dad, you got to buy me a guitar. Like, I don't have any money. And um, so he was on a trip that week, and he said, if you learn this song by the time you get, I get back, um, then I guess I'll buy you a guitar. But, like, you need to prove it to me that you're going to do it. What was the song you had to learn? <sighs> I want to lie about it. Nope. <laughs> it was Closing Time by Semisonic. But it was It was so easy. Like it was song. an easy song to play. Yeah. I never attempted to cover it. And no, it wasn't like that. It was like, I need to get this guitar. My wife is shaking her head like, no, no, and you should never do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, um, you know, a G and a D and I don't know, like an A. I don't remember. Yeah. But I did it. <laughs> So you, yeah, so you set out to do that prompted by the need to do something. Yeah, I needed to, something to do. And it was like, I school. finally have time to learn. Wow. Well, no, it wasn't, um, it wasn't my independent study. No, but you had the time my, though. Yeah, it was like, that. I don't know what I'll do all semester if I don't do this now. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of like, I've always wanted to do this. And I finally have this point in my life where it's like, you have time. So that's, yeah, like three year, three years ago. And, and did you, uh, how did you start out? Was it like covers or did you, uh, would you dive right into like, I've got things written, I'm going to put them to music? Um, it was, it was mostly when I first started, it was like, I have to learn chords. Like, so I was like in my tiny shoebox of a college bedroom, um, just like YouTubing things um and learning like basic chord progressions. And um, then I had a friend who was a bartender at my favorite bar in Bowling Green. Um, and I found out that she played guitar and she used to take lessons and stuff. So she would come over like every Friday and she would she would finger pick and she would sing. And I was so amazed with her. And like, I would just sit there and strum along. <laughs> so she would send me like, you know, these are the chords that you need for this song. Um, look up the tabs and, you know, kind of like be ready and we'll work on it when I come over. So we would do that every Friday um, before we'd end up going out and she'd go to work or whatever. Um, and then I came back from college after graduating and um, reconnected with a friend from grade school um, and kind of did the same thing. And just, I mean, that was all I did for that semester. <laughs> like, yeah. I, went to, I went to my one class sometimes when I had to and I played guitar in my bedroom with the door shut. And eventually I was able to like, you, like put yourself through a uh, guitar like boot camp. I did a little bit. Yeah. But like I, I was lucky enough to find a couple of people that were like patient enough to like play, let me play along with them. Yeah. Um, which was really cool. And I think really helpful. And uh, so did you eventually work up to like hitting your first open mic? 
Yeah. So uh, the friend that I reconnected with from grade school um, was a little bit after I had moved home from college and I was done. I was graduated. It was probably like six months or so. So I was playing. I was able to sing then. Like I was um, following, you know, guitar tabs and stuff um, and just playing and singing. And I was only able to sing like so that I could hit the right chords oh, at the like right time. Syncop- kind of yeah. syncopated with yeah. your strum. Yeah, that's how I remember being. Right. I, I, you know, it was a big thing to finally break out of that. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I still, like, I remember the first time I sang, it was like a, it was an Ava Brothers song, and I was, you know, a huge fan, so it's like, um, I was playing songs I knew. So what that, song? Uh, Swept Away by okay. the Ava Brothers, one of their older I ones. I know them, but I don't know if I've heard them. So what was your first original song that you played out, and has it survived? Does you keep it in rotation, or are there things that you're like, oh, no, that got me, that moved me forward, but it's not something I like to keep playing? Yeah, uh, it's called Winter Blues. I play it sometimes. It just made its, ba- it made its way back into my rotation by request of my dad and my cousin. Um, my, my dad and my cousin played together sometimes, um, and I remember I was writing that song and it was like it was like a family event like we had to like really like you know work it out and like (laughs) restructure it and like it was just like um I don't know it was just like it was my first song so it was like I, I wrote it all myself but naturally wrote like way too much um and it I kind of like got it down to what I needed it to be and everybody I think just kind of remembers that and loves it so my dad's like, it's a great song. You need to put it back in like your rotation and I want you to play it more. And I'm like, so sometimes I'll play it because I know that he wants me to. <laughs> it sounds like you got a pretty tight family. Yeah. So I remember uh, when you were playing the carnival, um, going behind the banter. This would be a segment I was thinking of. This will be a new segment on the show called Behind the Banter. I like right? that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you were talking about, um, you have the song, Oh Brother. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that that, you, that came out of having uh, like sort of a confrontation or a hard time with your brother, mm-hmm. who you were close with, but then had a rough time. And came, is that anything you'd talk about, elaborate? Because you, you yeah. know, it's one of those stories you can like, this will fill the time it takes for me to tune. Right, it And does. then you play it the does. song. Um, but I was just curious if there's more to that story you would elaborate on. Yeah, we just had this big fight i mean siblings you know especially when you only have one and it's an older brother and you know i was just we we've had our disagreements growing up you know we're very close so i think that that's part of it like we get very angry when we're angry um so we were just we just had one bad fight and i was just like i can't I can't talk about it anymore. So like, I, I'm going to write about it. Um, but yeah, we're great now. <laughs> did you, and he, have you, has he heard the song? Or, yeah. yeah. And does it, my did, whole family kind of like, did he appreciate it or is he cringe at it? Or is it more your parents are just like, why do you have to have our drama out there? Or, yeah. I think that he doesn't, he doesn't really love it. <laughs> oh. He, um, you know, not, not because, um, he doesn't like the song. I think because, He's not a bad guy (laughs) at all. And when I say the things that I say in that song, it probably comes off that way. No blood, no foul, do the same still. 
You're a light like me You just got a bit more attitude I'm a light like you I just got a bit more to lose Sorry that I say Words are cut so deep Yeah, not a bad guy, um, but I probably made him feel like one. <laughs> and yeah, my parents, my parents are kind of like uh, slump in their chairs a little bit when I play that song. And I've I've actually said like, "Sorry, mom," <laughs> right before playing it a bunch of times because like I am sorry, but also like <laughs> it's it's less awkward if people know that you feel that way. I think that's why you write songs. <laughs> well, I know about. You know, in terms of like 
awkward subject matter, like the context of a song, for instance, what comes to mind that's like, I don't have something like that where, um, but you know, the song Deb and I sing, it's a duet. Um, that was written by a girl I met before her that mm-hmm. I had a huge crush on, like right, like maybe six months before Deb and I met and, and got together. But it was like, I, you know, we hung out for a week. We, we knew each other from high school. Mm-hmm. And then um, we just had this really amazing, unexpected, like hanging out for a week in her town. And then I moved, went back to New York. So I was just there visiting for a week. Mm-hmm. And then we wrote, back and forth this poem basically i wrote her a poem and she like wrote a response to it and i turned it into this song safe distance which the point of the song was like i really dig you but i'm not moving to pittsburgh (laughs) i'm finding my thing in new york and i'm just gonna let what we had that was really great for a week yeah that that was far too (laughs) so um, but it could be like you know i think if deb and i weren't like we're very cool with the stories of each other's exes she has ex- an ex she's really good friends with and so do i and that there's nothing awkward about like well we're singing the song that i used to that came out of my passion for another woman right. or something like that but i'm not just gonna throw that on that's why i love you deb for like i never feel that pressure of like you can't sing that song it was about another girl that would be crazy i wouldn't be able to sing any of my songs yeah right <laughs> well i'm also i wouldn't be able to date but <laughs> <laughs> do you get more songs out of being in a good relationship or having a uh, one crumble and dealing with the aftermath i don't really um i guess i don't have that many songs about relationships you haven't mind it yet what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I've written songs that have to do with people that, you know, good and bad, I think. Like, Moonlight, I wrote about a guy that I was just, like, excited to, like, hang out with. And it wasn't, like, anything. It wasn't anything serious. It wasn't anything that, like, I expected anything from it. Um he was just someone that I had kept in touch with for a long time and he was moving to town Mm -hmm. and like, we didn't end up hanging out at all (laughs) and that's fine (laughs) because I got a great song out of it. Um, but yeah, so I think that's, that's a happy love song because I was never in love with that person. Um, so I think it's all, it's all what you make of it. Like, I don't think that, um, like I would never be, not interested in dating somebody because they wrote a song about a woman before they knew me or tell them like, or tell them like you can't play that song anymore. Oh, hell no. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's an artist's brain though, you know, like, like Deb and you, you know, we understand that. And that's not like, I don't know if something from somebody's past hurts you, you probably shouldn't be with them anyway. Yeah. Well, that's why I would know that's a red flag. And I don't think, that's the sort of thing if that came up i'd be like oh right yeah no uh, none of that i don't think we should have kids and move to cleveland yeah so i didn't know that about um moonlight right that was that sounds like sort of a similar thing that i was talking about having a relationship with someone it's like it's nice whatever it was even if it wasn't something you're like oh i want i need this could have been like the love of my life that i'd be with forever it's just like no we had a really good moment and i really enjoy being around you Mm -hmm. and that's yeah, that's I I get that sentiment in, entirely. And the other song I actually I wanted to ask you about um, that that gets behind the banter was um, 
the uh oh, I'm, I'm nervous oh, there was a black lot of ma- banter black magic <laughs> so black magic which yeah. you said was inspired by the craft which you just recently saw or, or like three years ago yeah yeah or yeah but you, yeah you brought it up no two two years i saw it in i guess a year ago and you were like, oh, duh. No, you know, who hasn't seen The Craft? Ago. I'm like, I actually don't think I've seen The Craft. I know of it. I know a lot of people like it. What was it about that movie that uh, got you, you say it got you into witches, and then um, it led to this song. I'm just curious what lightly. that arc is. So I um, watched the movie The Craft on a trip with my girlfriends from college. Um, we go to Florida like every year around September, or we used to. Um, and so... We every night, our last night, we'll watch a movie. Um, and this time, like, they know I hate scary movies. I'm not into the scary stuff. I never have been. It will keep me up at night. I'm not about it. So they're like, let's watch The Craft. And I'm like, oh, please, no. Like, I'll just go to bed. It's fine. And they're like, no, really. Like, it's not that scary. It's, like, really just, like, kind of like a drama. But they're, they're witches. And, like, so I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll give it a try. So I watch it. And I'm like... I have my, like, my claws are, like, digging into this uh, movie theater-style chair that I'm on in this in this house, um, and I'm just, like, I'm so into it. I'm so into it, and I think it it's a lot because they were teenagers that, like, it didn't scare me, um, and then there were parts where it did, but it was just, it was so interesting, and it was so interesting to, like, actually hear about, I guess, the... Um, spells that they were doing like I um am a very like spiritual person and like I um like meditate a lot and stuff like that but I just think of that as like kind of my life ritual and like they are doing things that are like you know real as above so below and I'm like I'm just trying to be here right now but um (laughs) it was it was definitely something different and inspiring and after I got back from Florida, it was like a long shot. I knew it was a bad idea, um, but I watched a dog for a lady that had this beautiful, huge home. And I'm going to try really hard not to say where or anything like that. Um, but I was, you know, looking at all of the herbs in her garden and stuff and just like the beautiful things that she owned and the house being so huge. I was like, oh, this is this is really something. And um, I just, I I was like, she has to be a witch. Like, there's no way around it. And I know it's just a movie, right? But I'm like, how do you have so many herbs and spices and, like, are so nice but, like, so interesting, too? And so I was in her house for two weeks, and I wrote Black Magic there because I was like, you know, I can't stop thinking about witches. And I don't know why. <laughs> So, yeah, it was it was two things, really, the movie and the house. Um, and I remember just being there like, I shouldn't write this here. Like, stuff's going to start happening. Uh, and <laughs> nothing <laughs> happened. So I'm like, whew, I'm not a witch at least. But Well, maybe she liked the song. She was channeling. She was, well, she wasn't there. But well, she could have been astral projecting or something. Potentially, like, yeah. Like the witch version of Nest where you can like peek in on your home. <laughs> like, oh, she's, oh she's ins- I've inspired her. Well, song. there were definitely cameras I found out. Oh, nanny, <laughs> like nanny cams or no, security? Like, yeah. I found out because I was walking around in my underwear and then I realized, shit. <laughs> 
So I, I didn't know this at all until like when you got here and we were chatting in the kitchen before we sat up here to do the official chat or whatever. You're, so you work in advertising? Mm-hmm. Well, I work for a marketing software company. Okay. Um, I work on the events team. So I book all of our clients into their local events um, and negotiate their contracts and things like that. Now, lo- is that local, like local where they are and local they're all over where the place? Or mm-hmm. not like, it's not like Cleveland-centric? No, it's not Cleveland. Oh, okay. I mean, I work in Cleveland, but yeah, it's local to where they are, yeah. So how long have you been uh, in that industry, in that position? Three years now. Wow. Well, just just Is this, this what company. you went to school for? Um, I went to school for event management and marketing. So I'm working in marketing. Um, yeah, three years there. So it's been cool. Now, do you... Uh, so is Hannah Stack someone that your coworkers are aware about? I found that's a weird thing for me. I Most every place I work, I'll mention that I play stuff, but it's like... They never like it's 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 one in like twenty coworkers eventually like come out and see me. It's like, oh, you play music. You're not the because otherwise I'm just this guy who's sitting there coding and like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep, right, yeah. Uh, I think people are very well aware. Um, I mean, so my family has always kind of been called like the Stacks because Stackledge is not an easy name for anybody. Ask Deb Zep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You understand. What is it? Zepkowski. And I'll give you a hundred dollars. I'll give you a hundred dollars if you guess the first four letters. Z. Nope. Your aunt. S. Z. C. Z. Nope. Never would have gotten that one. Never. I've yet to. I've made that bet a couple of times in like bars or like whatever. And so far I haven't bumped into a Polish person though. Yeah. Yeah, And then we're Beezy and Deezy. It worked out to be adorable. That's cute. (laughs) So you, so you uh, basically inherited Hannah Stack. That wasn't like something you're like, "Uh, I'm going to do this to breathe. You already kind of had that. Like, oh, I could just run with that. Yeah. It was just kind of like, if you didn't know how to say Stacklet, you said Stack. And, um, like we were the stacks growing up and stuff a lot of the time to a lot of people. Um, I think that it sounds very sporty to me because it was always like we were playing sports and it was like Timmy stack, Hannah stack, whatever. Ah, And so now I'm like, when I was trying to come up with like, what do I bill myself as when my name is Hannah Stackelich? I was like, Man, there's really nothing. <laughs> so I was like, just gonna have to like revamp this whole thing and just not think of it as like playing basketball. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was definitely created for me, but um, just by the nature of who we are. But um, so yeah, it just had to stay. So I saw when I went, um, you know, I went to your, I went to your website before this and checking out, and then I noticed you had this link on Cleveland.com. Mm-hmm. Is that some of your advertising or promoting chops that got there? Or how did you get? Uh, I was just curious how that came about. You got like a nice write up. Yeah. About your um, release. Yeah, I just worked with Anne from Cleveland.com um, and kind of shot her an email and just told her a little bit about the release coming up, um, and she was really, really sweet and. A really great writer um so yeah that was as simple as that really yeah and i learned in that article you so you were hosting something songs and stories was it mm-hmm. yeah so i was hosting sounds and, stories. sounds and stories um we just moved locations so 
We are still doing Sounds and Stories, and now I'm partnering on it with Michelle Gaw, um, and we are putting that on at St. John's once a month in Ohio City. Um, so we just had our first one last weekend at that location. And what's the format of that? Um, it's just the singer-songwriters in the round, um, three artists on stage or whatever you call it. Do they play together? <laughs> we did that. I did a round show. I was just going through archives of digital files and I found one of the guy you really like, Robinson Treacher. Oh, love that, him. Yeah, that you loved. <laughs> I don't know if you checked, checked on him yeah. more. But um, I did a show in the round with him and another guy, Bobby Kane, and we they would all like play harmonica or like mm-hmm. bang on a beat on each other's stuff. I think, I think it's that, called new, like New Orleans style. Yeah, I think the idea is to have that as an option. Um, I like to try and get people that know each other to play together um, or not and just see like, you know, if I always tell people if you're comfortable with each other and you want to sing harmony for pe- each other, whatever you want to do, if you want to play lead on one of my songs, like I don't care. Um, you know, it's, it's up to the artist really. But for the most part, it's, you know, you get a little bit of background on what the song's about from them and from their perspective as a writer um, and as someone who's experienced that. And then you also get to hear the song right after. So it's my favorite show to see. Like my favorite way to see a show is in the round. It's cool. Yeah. And that was actually the name of one of the first like trial runs I ever did of uh, sitting down with an artist and like interviewing it's yeah. called the songs and stories. Oh, cool. Cause it was mostly like just kind of lead up, talk about their background and then it, it different points. It would mm-hmm. just be like, sure. Oh, there's a nice spot to drop in one of your right. songs. Yeah. Um, haven't done them live yet. That's something that I said, like, yeah, if we had like, in, like if, if we get a live audience here and then it's like a show. So this is something you're producing though. It's like, it's meant to be live. Mm-hmm. Like, so you get people there. Right. And, yeah. Right. And, um, so how are you, so you're navigating the Cleveland scene, you're, you're producing a show and then you're playing a lot of stuff. Do you have sort of a, a theory of gigging or what you're thinking about like is like your measures of success or like, oh, I need to do this to get to this. I'm always just curious. Cause I'm, I'm meandering my way through music. It's something I mm-hmm. discovered almost like, like at 30. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'd always fiddled around with, but I didn't discover like, oh, I like being a musician until then. Yeah. And then met Deb and we're raising a family. And so that's sort of sidetracked mm-hmm. things. And so now we're stabilizing, getting back to getting out there, finding our tribe and whatnot. But um, I know I don't really have a theory of success for music other than like, I want to keep playing it. Right. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I think that, you know, like I said, I went to school for event planning. So um, that was a big part of it at the beginning, um, kind of navigating the scene was like, for me, like, I want to learn where to go, but I want to give these people the opportunity to go somewhere new too. Um, so one of the first things that I did was host an event called Speakeasy Open Mic. Um, and that was down on West 25th um, a year ago. I guess it happened like from May to May. Um, and we had a great time with that. We had a great crew for it. Uh, we had good pictures. It was always fun. Um, but, you know, everything good kind of comes to an end and you keep moving. Um, so I think as far as my theory around gigging or around promoting or around, you know, setting up shows, you know, have your friends backs, I think. Um, definitely, like, give people the opportunity. I think that that's one, one really important thing is, like, if you have the opportunity to build a bill, like, sure, build it around yourself. But um, look out for your friends and bring them in on it and make sure that it makes sense. Um, other than that, like, I think that just, you know, looking out for yourself and looking out for other people is kind of, like, my 
whole motive for walking through life. And I think that like, if you just look at music, like life, um, you want to make smart choices and you want to have people's backs. That's one thing that I love about Cleveland is people do have a home base a little bit because like we're East or West Siders, come on. Um, but you know, I feel like people really do make a genuine effort to get out to each other's events and see each other come play and um, get out to open mics that friends are hosting and stuff like that. Um, so I think I think a lot, like a lot of the time, a little bit goes a long way, but like I'm, you know, not that, I haven't been in this music community all that long either. So I think that, um, you know, the friendships that brought me into it were huge. So everybody needs a little bit, you know, and a little bit of coaxing in and bringing up on that stage. Um, but whether it's because it's a new place or a new thing that you're doing, um, it's good to have support. I want to trust you. I want to feel no pain. Maybe I need to be moved sometime or some. This I don't know yet Need to feel something deep Something strong than Holding my own policy Deb and I are like getting closer to like feeling confident about like we want to like put stuff together and be able to go out and gig as like either a band or a cover, even just doing covers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, there's I feel like there's a lot of opportunities in Cleveland. Oh yeah, I mean you can go to the whiskey bar tonight. There's open mic. Yeah. Which uh, wait, which one is the whiskey bar? Whiskey uh, bar. That's on Coventry. 
Yeah, it's like we've played that a few doors down from Grog Shop, down where the Centrum under the where the Centrum mm-hmm. used to be. So we we walked in. There's a funny story there. We went into this one randomly after like a date or something, or we just there got to have a night out. And this guy was setting up to play, and uh, I remember I think I said like he looks like he's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. He just had like the this hat and this outfit or whatever, and. Oh, it, was, it was bad. He was just kind of like struggling through. He couldn't play guitar really. Who is it? And I don't know his name. I felt bad. The this and but I was like, you know, I think you know he first starts playing, and I'm like, his guitar is not that strong. But maybe he's like, Deb's guitar isn't that strong, but her voice like will. Yeah, and then he and so we're just sort of whatever. And then he was like, took a break, and we just sort of like said, can we play something? <laughs> Wow. And he was like, yeah, sure. And and uh, then we just rocked the house. It's <laughs> like we have a couple of standards we can pull out and have fun with. And then I, I felt bad, though. But I was at the same time sort of like, all these people are just going to be like, oh, this is what they play. <laughs> those people came in. They wanted to stay. And then we were like, oh, we were just sort of like, we wanted to play something before we leave. Now here's him. And they're like, oh. Yeah, sometimes it's all in the hat. <laughs> Sometimes By the way, I love the hat. The hat. I feel like we ha- are hat twins. Yeah, we are. We both had them last time. Yeah, yeah. This hat has just like confidence, like strung into the lining. Like I didn't. I took it from like a friend's house that someone left it at their house during a party, and I'm like, this hat was made for me, and it was meant to be here for me. So like, sorry, chick, but like it's mine now. I ha- well, my hat like that. We I wore it to the show down in Akron. And uh, we were getting ready to leave, and I'm like, where's my hat? Mm-hmm. And I started looking around or looking around, and I forget how it ended up happening. Someone said, like, oh, I think I saw this guy with your hat. Uh-oh. I think he just picked it up. and w- He might have just yanked it off my head playfully and then forgot he put it on because we were like, <laughs> yeah, he was tripping. Uh-oh. We found out this guy was just tripping. He was just like, I'm going to thank you, you know? <laughs> right. And so then we tracked him down and found him at this other bar, like, you know, like... Oh, he was at a different bar. Yeah, he, like, totally left, and his friends... I forget how we we columboed it out, but we, we found my hat. Then they, they, he was sad, and he was like, well, here here's a bag of weed. Oh. I felt bad for I took your hat. So you left with your hat and weed. Yes. Good night. Yeah, so the hat is good luck, is the point. So, playing a lot, are you... Is there anything about uh, music that... You know, before you, you know, like that now that you're doing is like your favorite thing about it and anything that that uh, you didn't know, like as you play more song, like, you know, play out more, you're like, oh, that that I could leave behind sometimes. If mm-hmm. it's- I think, um, yeah, I think it's just a level of comfort that you grow into, um, which has been, you know, definitely growing for me a lot. Um, I think that my favorite thing about music is writing it. So it's been a long year of like getting this album together and getting this EP released and getting this band together and putting the show together and the merch and the CDs and everything. And now I'm just like, I want to write songs for a little bit, (laughs) but you know, you can never plan that stuff out. So it's kind of happening like a happy accident again. And thank God. um, how, How are you finding, um, sort of your people, your support, whether it's your band, are you doing anything with looking into like, like, you know, promotion or management or booking or, or is you kind of like, I'm going to figure this out myself to a degree. Yeah. Right now I'm that person. So I do, I mean, like I said, like with school and stuff, I, 
like I do marketing as my job. I do event planning, which is essentially booking, um, you know, for a plethora of other jobs that I do um, and what I studied. So I think right now at the at this local level, like I'm, I'm comfortable um, handling all of the business side of it as well. Um, and I like I like to be able to be like the person that you know, people talk to when I'm going to play at their venue um, or I'm going to play at their house, you know, I want to be able to be like, oh, yeah, I'll play that or let me check my schedule and not like call my agent. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 good for me to be on that side of it. Um, so do you feel like you're uh, more consuming uh, local artists than sort of like major media things you're like what's your what's your musical diet of like what you like listening to right now and are there like local people you find that like you're you're going out more and more to see any anyone that you're really uh excited to have discovered since you've been playing in the local scene Mm -hmm. um more rogers and the bellows i have to say is like my favorite band in cleveland um they're amazing I think that I listen to their CD all the time in my car. Uh, Mimi Arden just released an album as well and like really looked look up to Michelle as a songwriter. Um, so, I mean, as far as local goes, like there's a ton of local artists that I love to hear and like love to go listen to. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a, right at my fingertips. So like, why wouldn't I? Um, and that's, I mean, those are only a couple of them. Like there's so many good local well, that's artists. The mind, that's the mind blowing thing once, uh, you know, and Cleveland has it, um, New York to more of a degree just from the amount of people there right. um, that are like coming there because it's a musical, a place mm-hmm. to like, but the amount of people I'd see at open mics or just at like small, you know, you book a house right. show or small things that just drop your jaw. Like, how do I get to, see, how am I seeing you for free? Right. And yeah, that's a really cool thing about our community. I think that. Listening to local music is awesome. I mean, it's just like supporting local businesses and going to locally owned shops like vintage stores and stuff like that, which we have a ton of. Um, But yeah, I also, I love listening to larger scale artists as well. Um, Like Carol King is like my favorite, favorite thing to listen to, favorite person to listen to. Um, I have ton of a ton of vinyl um from my family um when they were growing up so it's cool to be able to listen to that music. what was the music that you remember growing up to and and that like you look back and like that was someone i really liked and continues to influence me or even someone you discovered later in life that you're like when you were becoming a musician like i feel like that's there there are lessons you learn from being into them that 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 now come through how you write and perform Mm -hmm. so this is really funny. I, I mean, I remember growing up like as a kid and like the Beatles being playing all through the house and the Eagles, Dan Fogelberg, um, like Simon and Garfunkel, everything. But um, and the, and those are a lot of the a lot of the vinyl records that I have from my family too um, now. But I think. The funniest one, this just came up the other night. Um, Fleetwood Mac is like my favorite band. I'm wearing a Stevie Nicks shirt. But um, like, 
I that didn't happen until I was like a little bit older and started listening to music on on vinyl. So I recently was talking to my friend and we were in the car and he said, "Who was the first musician that like really like blew your mind, like totally inspired you?" And I was like, "I don't know, Stevie Nicks." And then I'm like, "That's such a lie." So I'm like thinking about it and I was like, "I know the answer." Jewel. Ah. So Jewel was like this. It is so funny to think about now. I was telling you when I was little, like everybody played music and I wasn't like a part of it, but I remember it happening frequently. And I remember my dad had this guitar and he had Jewel's first CD. And um, I just found it the other day and it's in my car now. So I remember him. We had this like stone fireplace and it was kind of like a little stage when you're four. And he would throw me up there and put his guitar over me and he would play Jewel over the stereo. And I remember just being like, I thought I was it. Like, <laughs> and growing up, I used to read her poetry, like her books or listen to her interviews. I was like, Jewel, it was Jewel. Like that was the first, the very first. There were things to hold up. Oh, I, I, no shame. I no, still love Jewel. I don't think Jewel. there's any shame in that. She's amazing. That's a, that's what I was saying. It was like you were like, I, I got to admit it. I'm like, no. Well, it was wear like, it proudly. I want to tell you all like the all the vinyl and like all the records I mean, that I grew up on. It's not like, you know, like you were like, yeah, when I was a kid, like it really like I couldn't, I wouldn't shut up about Britney Spears. Oh, no. Baby Jewel hit me was. One more. I, 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 there's videos of me singing Baby Hit Me One More Time in <laughs> Tiara. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. So now, I mean, of course I listen to that too, but I, I it was never like an inspiring thing for me. <laughs> it was like I'm in a first grade thing, but yeah. I remember Jewel just being like blown away by her. Um, and like I've been trying to play Jewel songs since I started um, playing music. And like I would love that. Thank you. And, um, some of her her songs like i mean how do you get all these words in this song like there's only like four chords in this whole song and you keep playing them like how do you jam all these words in here so i've been working on one of her songs like for weeks now like just trying to be even be able to like play it and sing it at the same time which is like a struggle that i just haven't struggled with in a minute um and i finally last night was able to play it so hopefully in the next couple of weeks i'll like yeah i'll have it thank you well i find covers for me covers are um you know a is it would be like oh it'd be nice to play a little bit more than what i had at the time right. or but also uh, you learn a lot from deconstructing because what I what totally. I do for a living is programming. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in advertising too, but it's more like the execution side, not right. like whatever the copy and like planning of marketing. And I learned all of that from getting my hands on like the source files, whether it was like Photoshop right. or like the code mm -hmm. and things like that. So when I I started getting into music, I looked at like well. That's how I learned how to build websites. Is I went to cool websites and I viewed the source. Like so, the tablature and playing music, yeah, and that covering things. It, it, I, 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 I looked at it the same approach. Like, well, if I can see what makes this song, why I like this song, and playing it, then it'll help me understand what I like. Yeah, that create. makes perfect sense. I'm thinking about it from like the same perspective that you have, and I never thought about it that way, but it does make sense. Um, yeah, but I mean, I get, like a year ago, I tried to play the same song, and I was like, nope, no way. No way. She's like rapping. It's like rap. It's like a rap. Yeah, yeah. But 
it's so amazing. And I started thinking about it, like, where is she now? So I've like just recently developed this like slight small obsession, maybe a little bit. Um, like I'm four again, like, and it just happened because I've, I got a new car, like, a year ago and I found like all the CDs in a bag when I moved recently that like were in my car and Jewel was in there and I was like pieces of you yeah pieces of me pieces of you and um I was like man I'm so excited to pop this in I wonder if it's gonna work and like the first two songs they worked but like everything else I mean like I've been carrying this CD around literally since I was four I took it from my dad so yeah, a lot of a lot of my musical influences came from like taking my dad's CDs. And how old were you when you first discovered Jewel? And were you? you I think know, I was like four. Them? Yeah, wow. And I re- well, because I remember. I don't I was remember so... having strong like uh, my, my like the first band like time that I like discovered a band. I was like, ooh, this is mine. I love it. I'm gonna listen to it all the time. It was Metallica. Right. It was like early <laughs> Metallica when I was in maybe eighth grade. Yeah. And then like. Jumped around a lot, but I mean, like that, that was the first band. Where I was like, "Yeah, it's this." But then, then I had my indie phase, and that's when I discovered, like, you know, the next mat- my first mature obsession with a songwriter. Mm-hmm. So, do you know Bright Eyes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I discovered that, uh, I I I was just like consumed everything he wrote. And I'm like, "How do you do this? Right. How do like you? his craftsmanship of playing, mm-hmm. and then what his words were? You know, like the, sure, just yeah. the what he painted with 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 his lyrics, poetry. Yeah, right. I got to see him in Cleveland actually. Like, really, I want to say like two in the year 2000 at the Grog Shop. Mm. And at um, the Grog Shop. Yeah, I was do actually rehearsing a play that was like right around the corner in Coventry. Cool. And so I went to the garage. It was, it was when they were in the place, I think before where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. And so I got there really early cause I just happened to be in the area. And then he was at the bar and I went up and I had all my CDs with him for him to sign. Aww. And I love this <laughs> stuff so much. And, and I was like, thanks. And, and then before I left, I actually, I don't know if he remembers this or how he took it. It's just one. I have some stories of, Awkward moments with celebrities. That really? could be a segment in this podcast. It <laughs> it's like the be. story of when I insulted John Goodman. Um, but so with Connor Obers from Bright Eyes, he's sitting at the bar. I have him all set on my CDs, and I'm like, "Thanks so much. I, just, I love your music." And I'm, I feel like I was about to walk away, and then I go, "Don't die." <gasps> <laughs> like, if you ever have like just dark moments, just call me. <laughs> keep. I love your stuff. People love your stuff. Keep making music. <laughs> but I. I some of it's really sad. Right. I worry about you. Well, like, I kind of just, like, then I walked away and I didn't speak to him again, but I, I don't know why I felt compelled to, I don't know if it was before or near, like, Elliot Smith right. killed himself. Well, that would and be he is reason. in that same league of, totally. like, you know, incredible. emo, incredible indie. Yeah. So, and so, like, what my, that time with, because Con- Connor's music hit me right when I was going through a very tumultuous relationship phase. Mm-hmm. And it really, I felt like, helped me just get some catharsis and articulate sure. some of the feelings I was having and made me just channel some of the emotions deeper and go through them that I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, that's a hard place to be. Right. If you're writing that music and then you're performing it all the time, yeah, it's not, yeah. I felt worried about him and I just want to be like, keep doing this, but right. don't let it destroy you. Well, if it was, if it was close to the time of Elliot Smith, like I don't really blame you for saying it. So yeah, you're all welcome for Connor making it through. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, I don't think I have any advice for you. I think you're doing okay, Hannah. I think you've got a good 
head on your shoulders and you're doing it right. Thank you. Um, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, uh, like I said, we're in a very chaotic release schedule with this. I don't know when I'll release it. No so rush. no reason to plug it. But I'm just curious, uh, what do you see your on your horizon or what are you trying to put on your horizon for like, you know, what's what's coming up next in the next year and hopefully I'll hopefully I'll have enough music for another album. Um, you know, in the next like written in the next year maybe. Um and yeah, just keep playing good shows and keep being out there with people and supporting local music. All right. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You use trendy words, you say you're an introvert. I know you take whiskey and your tea. Spend time playing board games, I'm bored of your taste. I can see that you're not much like me. Maybe that's the key Ooh.